Get the new Donkey Kong 64 bundle with the Banana Yellow Game Pack and the new Jungle Green N64 console. It's got a Jungle Green controller and comes with the... Or see what we can say. We will walk through walls. We will take a look around us. We will not be confined. We believe in the path of least limits. We won't We will not compromise. We will live the game through our hands. We will be in control of something. We will change the Ferret 64 with your host, Yummy the Ferret. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ferret 64 with me, your host, Yummy the Ferret. How are you all doing this day? Oh, it's Halloween, the day that I'm recording this, so happy Halloween to everyone out there. Oh, Yummy, did you do something special for Halloween today? Well, I may or may not have played through the entire Pumpkin Jack game while wearing an astronaut costume, if uh, if that so tickles your pickle. Um, but I hope everyone had a good Halloween. If they did anything, I hope they were you guys were safe. Me, personally, just uh, staying at home tonight um, and recording this. How interesting. If you want, there is a new episode of Film Freaks with a Z that is out now. We talked about Deadpool. Next week, we're talking about the Power Rangers movie from uh, 1995, I think it was. Anyways, check that out if you want to. Also, um, if you want to swing, swing by my live streams, twitch.tv slash ferret. Alright, enough of that self-promotion bullshit. Let's get into... The episode for today. Today we're covering news from the date of 10-23-2-10-31. We played a few games in between the last episode and this one. Um, I'm going to talk about each of them. I don't know how long I'm going to talk about them. But I think I'm going to start off with the one that has won me over. And I think it deserves the first spot to talk about. And that is Dead Space 3. Dead Space 3 is a game that I started out playing and I was like, whoa, what the fuck is this, you know? You start off Dead Space 3 because it starts you in a very strange spot. It starts you in this, like, bombastic, like, opening. From the point where you're playing 200 years in the past to the point where you get to outer space and you get to the necromorph homeworld and you're kind of in space going from ship to ship it's just a big action movie and it's kind of off-putting but this first part of the game really sets up what my feelings are for the game as a whole now yes this game is an action game action game forward it's hard to not put action forward when you have a co-op mode in this game. And obviously you can play the whole campaign as a co-op with a co-op partner uh, who's playing as Carver. Um, and that in, in itself makes this game, you know, obviously it makes it more action than anything else, action forward. There are still some horror elements in there, but I think that it's very much overshadowed by these action-packed sequences and stuff like that. And the first part of this game is literally... 
you're shooting uh, these uh, cultists who are charging after you. You're hearing the the big speeches from the the new leader of the cult, and um, you know, it's, you're just it's it's pretty much just a cover based shooter. And it's so weird because this is the first game where you can crouch. You know, all the other games you can't crouch. This one has a dedicated crouch button. And it's so weird because you use it so sparingly through the whole entire game. But in this first part of the game, you got to use it because you're being peppered by bullets the whole way through. And you're shooting these cultists who are trying to kill you because you know how to destroy markers. Uh, but you get saved and rescued by Carver and Hammond and then you go off your world on your whirlwind adventure. But that's not the part that I want to talk about because the opening of this game shows a soldier... 200 years ago on the necromorph homeworld and he is hunting down this thing and you're he's 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 gonna be doing something with it that obviously gets brought up later in in the game and he screams at every single necromorph that comes out he's yelling and crying out for help and blah 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 and this is where i want to start you guys because take this opening and take Isaac from the last two games. What is he doing in these these games? He's yelling and screaming when a necrophore pop, pops out or, you know, when something happens. And he's constantly in fear of being killed and blah, blah, blah. Through those two games and 200 years ago, that little soldier who, who, who tried, they are very scared of these enemies. But if you're a veteran of Dead Space... You know how to take these things out. You know how they work. And just like Isaac, you're not really afraid of this enemy anymore. In this scenario, it kind of exemplifies that because they're kind of, you know, you don't have to shoot them uh, their limbs off in this one. You can kind of do body shots for some of these weapons that you can make. But that's besides the point. The main point is that people put this game down because they don't like the action-forward take on it. But me, personally, I really, really liked it. And whether they meant to do it or not, the developers of the game, whether they meant to or not make this game you know, more action-forward because of the fact that Isaac has grown as a character through this trilogy and he is used to shooting Necromorphs, he's not afraid of them anymore. Whether they meant to do that or not, it still it works for me. Alright, so me personally, that is why this game doesn't get any, doesn't get much hate from me, right? I, I still think that the opening of the game, like, I say opening, the, the true opening of the game is Isaac in his apartment, and then you do this whole opening section, alright? The, 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 the prologue to the game isn't like any, it's fine, you know, you're just kind of going through with a basic weapon, and you're shooting Necromorse, and you're screaming, and blah blah blah, but... When it comes to the true opening of Dead Space 3, after the title card shows and after the snowy world is gone, it uh, the, the opening to the game is just so weak, but the game redeems itself so much because immediately from that you're transported to this area where you're in space and you're going from ship to ship doing side missions and you're doing main missions and you're in these tight corridors like you would find in Dead Space 1 or 2. And even though the game is not scary, there's still moments where you kind of are feeling overwhelmed or, you know, your weapon's not good enough or blah, blah, blah. Throughout the game, I tried to switch up my weapons as much as I possibly could, adding different parts to them and, and upgrading them and stuff like that. And I found, like, this that system was so, was so well done. And, you know, you would make a weapon that, you know, has an assault rifle on the top but has a... Um, 
a uh, like a force gun type weapon on the bottom and and or you could have a basic plasma pistol that had the rotator cuff on it so you could have a like a basic plasma pistol but in the end i decided to go with double guns on each one because it was just more fun in general and sure they kind of dumbed down the ammo type the ammo thing you know all the ammo uses one ammo cartridge um and for that since the crafting only begins once you get to this next area, I can un kind of understand that happening because 200 years ago, how many ammo types did they have? How many weapons did they actually have that use different ammo types? You know, whatever. I give them a pass. Now, the weapons that don't use, like, regular ammo clips are a little bit head-scratching, but I can look past that because I think that the gameplay and just the whole... Everything that happened in the, with the craft crafting in this game kind of works together and I, I it's not something that like i'm gonna point my finger at and, and shame on them you know mass effect 2 i think the best thing that mass effect 2 did was it brought an ammo system into the game right the the overcharge system in mass effect 1 i, I feel like that's just it's just kind of it was just kind of more frustrating than anything else at least you kind of understand the ammo counter in mass effect 2 right you're just collecting stuff like that so dead space 3 um from that spaceship ship section um, you do all this stuff in space, and eventually you are thrown down to the planet. And even though the section getting to the planet is another action-packed set piece, it's no different than when you're flying through the space sections in Dead Space 1 and 2, you know? It's no different than in Dead Space 1 getting on the the, the, the the big gun and shooting asteroids or shooting a boss, you know? It's it's no different from that, and I don't see why people are giving this game so much shit, because Dead Space 1 had similar aspects to it. Dead Space 2 definitely, definitely took the horror thing and made it so upfront that, you know, the combat stuff was a little bit pushed back, and, and, and but Dead Space 1 was like... You know, it's it's a lot of horror, but then all of a sudden you're dodging asteroids, and then you're shooting asteroids, and then you're shooting a boss with a big gun, and then, you know, the ending is like this bombastic boss battle, which I love. You know, I gave it an S tier for a reason. And same thing with Dead Space 2. I think both those games have very unique things, or very good things going for them, that outweigh any of the, the things negative that I have to say about them. And the same thing goes for Dead Space 3. Uh, even though I don't like the opening to the game... I think that everything after that really starts to work together quite well, and it and it turns into an experience that I'm willing to have again. You know, not only do they kind of pow you right in the face with uh, regenerative enemies pretty early on, but they also give you all these scenarios that are kind of, that are really intense and they make you think. And you know, even though they give you tons of health, okay, you get tons of health um, and tons of ammunition. I still felt like I was running out of one of them at, at, at every moment in the game. I was running out of ammo or I was running out of health. Most of the time it was the ammo thing, which is fine. The thing is, if you're complaining about the difficulty in the game, there are other game modes that you can play, including one where it's limited ammo, limited health, and the enemies are tougher, which will kind of give you more of a Dead Space 2 feel to it. Um, you can also play on a, another difficulty that enemies don't drop anything. They don't drop ammo, they don't drop health. You can only scavenge, and which is a hardcore mode, and I think that people maybe would want to play that if they're having a complaint with Dead Space 3's normal mode, which is what I played it on. Personally, and you guys know this, I play on normal 
uh, when I'm when I'm fresh into a game, right? I, I don't play on the harder difficulties until after I've beaten it once because normal difficulty is the difficulty the developer wants you to play, right? This is the difficulty for you know people who are playing the game because they're they just they want to experience the way the developer wanted them to experience, and that kind of looks bad in some cases for Visceral Studios because of the fact that the game gives you so much health and stuff. But I did find myself using lots of health at moments or lots of ammo at moments because the game was kind of throwing curveballs at you. I think that this game kind of suffers from the lack of a really good boss. I mean, there's three times that you fight the same the same enemy each time. And even though it's a fine fight, you know, I'm not complaining so hardcore about it. It was just kind of like, okay, three times, you know, I understand that this is a big, you know, big dude, but uh, whatever. Um, I did find the um, the final boss fight to be really cool, um, throwing the shards into the giant eye of the moon. Um, and I found the DLC to be equally as good uh, as the main game, but I felt like it was too short for the price tag that they are putting out there right now, which is like 10 bucks. I feel like it's more like a $5 price tag on it would be better. Um, but once you get down to the planet's surface, it immediately, like, you know, you're too cold, and you have to get to fires to warm up, kind of like in Bad Company 2, um, and then, you know, the enemies are, like, popping out of the ground, so there's more of a horror element there, I mean, you get surprised by them popping out of the ground everywhere, and you get overwhelmed really easily, you get a new suit, you lose a crew member, you move on, and just how different this game becomes as you go through each step of it is really interesting. You go from action-packed opening to kind of Dead Space 1 and 2-esque, you know, f going around different ships and having a good time. Then you go down to the the, the, the planet and, you know, you, you have all this open area and there's, a, there's snow and there's all this crap around. And then you go, like, inside, you know, down in the, um, you know, you go inside these things, these monuments, and you find an alien city and then you finally get to the moon and there's a the huge boss battle and it's just so interesting to kind of go through the game each area kind of having its own feel its own stuff to it um and I, I think that one of the main reasons why i like this game so much is because there's so much variety in the gameplay it's not just like a single experience throughout the whole thing you know you you have variety in there with the the, the the different areas that you go to with the different enemies you face i mean even up really close to the ending they were introducing new enemy types and it was really cool and i was like wow they're, they're introducing this this new enemy type and sure it wasn't too much more difficult to take down than a regular enemy that i was are you know because I, when you when you're at that point in the game you're supposed to have an overpowered weapon for these big dudes who come out and and um I know, I know for a fact if you don't, like, let's say you're playing on the hardest difficulty or something like that, that's going to, you know, seeing those dudes is going to be a pretty big, whoop, uh-oh moment. But, um, you know, on normal difficulty, they weren't too bad. Um, but I, I still really enjoyed what they tried to do with these new enemy designs and stuff like that. It was really, it was really cool. And I know that I'm probably just waffling on to a few people, you know, probably some people who don't want to listen to this part of me praising a game that they hate. And I understand that feeling because when I listen to people talking about Assassin's Creed Unity positively, I also get pretty irked because I've had such a terrible experience with that game. Dead Space 3, on the other hand, I feel like less people have played this one and experienced it and hated it than the other way around, right? I When I first played this game, I was in high school. Um, I didn't like it, right? I didn't like it. 
now coming back to it, I actually enjoyed it a lot. And um, maybe it's because I just I played through it all the way through instead of just playing like the opening you know few hours or or what. I, I'm not sure, but uh, I do know for a fact that I like this game. I love this game actually. We had a lot of fun with it and. I know it might be hard to believe for some people, but I put it in the S tier. S as in Samwise Gamgee. And uh, to do that, I know it's kind of sacrilegious, but uh, I had to do it because of just how much fun that I had with it. I could not... I don't know, I, I just I just couldn't put it in A or anything but lower because I just was having a lot of fun with it. And I know that uh, our Dead Space 3 streams were the lowest view counts of all the streams throughout Fear It Month, which is unfortunately over now. But um, I felt like I had the most fun with Dead Space 3 out of any of the games that we played during the Fear It Month. Um, maybe maybe about the same level of fun as like Dead Space 2. Um, Resident Evil 7 was really good, but... Dead Space 3 just had something that put it over the edge, and, and now all three of the Dead Space games are in my S tier. And I think people who have criticisms for the game, sure, your your points, sure, you know, your, it's your opinion, your points are valid, I understand that this is not a normal thing to say, but me personally really enjoyed Dead Space 3, would gladly play it again on New Game Plus, and maybe I wouldn't play the DLC again, but I definitely would play the main game again and, and, and experience it again in the future. Not right away, because, yeah, you know how it is. Me, personally, I don't like playing the same game for days on days on end anymore. Um, if it's like a big RPG, sometimes I'll stick around with it and play for hours and days on end. But when it comes to like a streaming game, usually the sweet spot to keep me interested in the game is like four or five streams. Um, more like four, I guess. And I try to make the longest day be, like, you know, of course it's going to be Saturday, and I try to make the longest chunk of the game be, like, towards the beginning so that I don't get burned out or try to finish the game real quickly on the last day because I get more frustrated in those cases. But with Dead Space 3, we had a good time throughout. Can't complain. Another game that we had a good time with, which is the game that I played for um, the last day of, of Yemi the Fearit month, the month of horror games... Pumpkin Jack. Pumpkin Jack, we beat this in about five-ish hours. Um, it was really, really well done. Besides from a few things where, like, Pumpkin Jack just, for some reason, he didn't, like, grab onto a ledge or something like that. I felt like this game was an S-tier as well. S as in Samwise Gamgee. Um, it, it, the art style was fantastic. The love and care put into the details was great. Uh, the game constantly was changing up and giving you like new little mini games to do along the way with the pumpkin head and the minecart sections and the and all these like dodging sections and stuff like that. Um, the combat was pretty fun. They gave you a good assortment of weapons by the end of it, but the real cream of the crop was the were the boss fights in this game. Um, each and every boss fight was really really well done. Um, I think my favorite was the door. A boss fight this guy had like a huge hammer um he had a bunch of different moves to him and i felt like it really excelled in the boss fight category and there was a lot of variety in the regular enemies too i really was enjoying how the they designed these enemies and they designed like the npcs as well and we had a lot of fun going through this game i gave each character their own voice i had a lot of fun doing that and um i don't know what else i can say about this uh, great graphics great gameplay. Good story, amazing boss fights, 
it was an immediate S tier for me. Um, even though it wasn't as long as maybe I was hoping it would be, especially for the price tag, which I think is like 20 or 30 bucks or something like that. But I think that enough love and care was put into this game that I, that I mean, like, I'll, I'll, I mean, it's an indie developer. I think it was like a single man team developing it. He deserves a little extra, you know, money, you know, I'll, I'll give him a little extra money there. Um, but anyways, Pumpkin Jack, a uh, great game. If you haven't played it and you and you want to play a good spooky-ish kind of maybe more like a Nightmare Before Christmas style type game, this is definitely one for you. And if you're gonna wait till next year to play it, fine. But uh, I think that this deserves to be played pronto. And last but certainly not least, uh, I've been playing a lot of a game called Ghost Runner. Um, I think I talked a smidge about it last week, or maybe that was. I don't even remember. Anyways, Ghost Runner. Um, I pre-ordered this a while ago. Finally, it came out. It's a beautiful game. It is beautiful. Oh my gosh. I know it's just a first-person hack, you know, slash your way through enemies type game, but they've really outdone, outdid themselves with the graphical quality and with like the uh, slicing of the uh, of the enemies, almost as like a Metal Gear Resurgence or whatever it's called, where you use the guy with the sword in that one. Um, and, and like, you can, like, you can cut these guys many different ways and wherever your blade goes, it will cut them in half. And it's pretty, pretty sweet. Lots of great platforming in it. Lots of great puzzle solving. And it's not like puzzle solving, like, oh, move this block over here or whatever. I mean, there's a little bit of spots like that. But the main thing is like the puzzle of finding the best way to get to every single enemy so you can advance to the next area. There's also some platforming stuff in there, some really interesting boss fights. I just did one today where it was like this giant shaft that was a cylinder shaft and it had lasers going everywhere. And then, you know, you cut off one uh, support cable and you drop down and now it's there's like energy waves going up the size of the walls that can hurt you and then finally the whole thing changed and you dropped it all the way to the ground after climbing up again and you fought the thing on the ground and it was really interesting it was tough but it was really interesting and really fun to do um i'm i mean i'm loving ghost runner i can't play long bouts of it because i feel like I would get a little bit too frustrated just kind of banging my head against a wall. So when I get to an area where I'm not advancing, I'm just kind of like running into a brick wall. Oh, you know, I stop and I take a break and I come back to it later and I usually do it in one or two goes. That's just how it is, you know. I, I The soundtrack is amazing. The graphics are amazing. The, the setup of the levels are amazing. This game is really interesting because it goes from, like, your underground in, like, these cyberpunk sewer system, pretty much, and maintenance shafts, and then all of a sudden you burst out into, like, the world, and they designed this world so so well. I mean, it, it, like, I we went into this area, and it was like, oh, my God, this is, this is awesome. Um, so uh, if Cyberpunk 2077 doesn't come out this year... Ghost Runner is definitely going to be the best cyberpunk game, right? It is so fun. It's fantastic. I would definitely recommend it to anyone who likes a little bit a little bit of a challenge. Is it the Dark Souls of uh, one-hit kill running gun? No, this game isn't a Dark Souls game. I know a lot of people go, oh, but you die in one hit. Well, the difference is that Dark Souls and those types of games are RPGs, right? You level up your character, you don't die in one hit normally. These games like this, and I've heard uh, Plague Tale Innocence is kind of the same, where you kind of get hit once and you're, you're done... 
these games are I don't know how to exactly describe them they're they're obviously action platformer or you know action whatever um I just I don't know how to describe these certain games the one hit you know you you know the enemies are one hit and you're also one hit so it's kind of even there I would call them even you know equal games <laughs> You know, it's not like Dead Space 3 where you have all the health and you have all the weapons and the enemies are just kind of like melee trying to run at you and just running into your bullets. It's more like you can you can hit these guys with your sword and kill them in one hit pretty much every enemy. And they can also shoot one shot of energy at you or, you know, fist you with their giant pounding glove and you will die in one hit as well. It's very equal. It's equal footing. So if you like that kind of thing. Um, I would definitely recommend it. It is definitely worth the price tag for the graphics and gameplay alone. The soundtrack is amazing. The uh, the, the combat's really fun. The 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 platforming is very fluid, and I would I I recommend it. That's that's all I gotta say. All right, I recommend it to the people who want to play it. <laughs> um. Let's see. We I, I we also streamed uh, the Resident Evil Seven DLC, End of Zoe, and then a few of the band footage tapes. Um, had a good time with it. End of Zoe was really unique and funny, especially in a Resident Evil type game, which always kind of cements itself more in like fantasy, where you're, you're using the guy and you're just punching things. <laughs> I was like, okay, it was fun. Don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed it. Um, the the best of the band footage DLC is I think the bedroom. It was really interesting trying to get you know get all these things put to put in place and puzzle solved and you had to put everything back in the place because Marguerite would come back in and see something um, off. Uh, the nightmare band footage tape was uh, just a horde mode, which was fun. You know, I don't think I would play it for a long extended amount of time, but we got pretty far and we leveled up a lot and uh, in one go, and I was really happy with that. Um, we played 21, which, uh, was like, um, you got, you were a guy who was playing blackjack with this other dude, and I got kind of, I was, I was kind of done at that point, because, like, it was just, it just seemed very lopsided. I don't know, maybe I'm just bad at blackjack. I'm sure Callus thinks I'm bad at blackjack. I probably am. I never really played it in real life. We didn't get around to playing the other DLCs, but I didn't have any interest in the one that was, you know, run around and get food for, for Jack. I've seen people play it online. It looks fine, but I, I'm just not interested in it. And then I didn't get to play uh, the other two DLC that are part of the band footage, but what you gonna do? Alright, so that's everything that we've been playing this past week. Uh, and then uh, next stream is Monday, and we're starting a game... That the person who won the Fearit Month competition picked. I already know what it is, but you don't. And uh, that game is Star Wars Republic Commando. We'll be playing that. I already downloaded a mod pack so I could change the resolution and all that. And I guess the graphics textures are better with this mod pack. Which I'm excited for. Um, and I hope to see you guys on Monday for that. But before you leave, we still have a lot of stories to get to for news the, the news cycle. Alright? And starting off, this is the biggest news of the past week. Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed into December. Um, that's right, it was originally supposed to come out the 19th of November, but nope, it was hit with another delay, unfortunately. Now the game will be releasing on the 10th of 2020, a few weeks later. So, um, uh, CD Projekt Red came out on Twitter, and they said, we have important news to share with you, and they had this whole paragraph of, um, um, 
uh, of, of what what is going on, what is happening. Uh, so they said, hey everyone, today we've decided to move the release date of Cyberpunk 2077 by 21 days. The new release date will be December 10th. Most likely there are many emotions and questions in your head. So first and foremost, please accept our humble apologies. The biggest challenge for us right now is shipping the game on current gen, next gen, and PC at the same time, which requires us to prepare and test nine versions of it, Xbox One X, compatibility on Xbox Series S and X, PS4 and PS4 Pro, compatibility on PS5 and PC and Stadia, etc. While working from home since Cyberpunk 2077 evolved towards some almost being a next-gen title somewhere along the way, we need to make sure everything works well and every version runs smoothly. We're aware it might seem unrealistic when some says when someone says that 21 days can make any difference in such a massive complex game, but they really do. Some of you might also be wondering what these words mean in light of us saying we achieved gold master some time ago. Passing certification or going gold means the game is ready, can be completed, and has all the content in it. But it doesn't mean we stop working on it and, and raising the quality bar. On the contrary, this is a time where many improvements are being made, which will be distributed via a day zero patch. This is the time period we undercalculated. We feel we have an amazing game on our hands and are willing to make every decision, even the hardest ones, if it ultimately leads you to getting the video game you'll fall in love with. Yours, Adam Badwowski and Marcin Iwinski. So... <clears throat> Delays aren't a bad thing. I gotta say it over and over and over again. Just because you have to wait an extra few weeks for a game or months or years, you know that you're going to be getting a better version of the game than you would have uh, when if it was originally, you know, let's say it was supposed to come out November 19th and they weren't done fine-tuning and getting everything running properly. So everyone on Xbox One and PS4 had shit experiences, but everyone on, uh, you know, the series and the PS5 had amazing, you know, experiences or PC too. The, 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 the lopsidedness of the community would be unrealistic. There would be people review bombing Cyberpunk because they're cancel. It doesn't work on our cancel. It's the worst version. Wah! Right? You, that's what we would, would be hearing. Right now we're hearing, wah, I want the game now. Wah. I'm a big baby. Wah. All right, I understand. I'm excited for the game too. I'm I, I I was hoping to get it on the 19th of November so that I could actually play it fully before the year's up. But at this point, with a December release date, you might as well just wait until next year to put it on any of your top 10 lists if you're thinking about it. There is not enough time to explore this game fully and do everything that you want. Especially for me, I'm talking for me personally, there's definitely not enough time from December 10th to December 30th to do everything I want to in this game. So even if I finish the main story and go, yep, it's a 10... Will I put it on my best of list from this year? I kind of go with the um, the Game Awards timeline where it's like, you know, anything that releases after December 1st is game for next year, not for this year. You know, I'm going to be playing more of Cyberpunk in, you know, next year anyways. And I am secretly, I know no one wants to hear this, I am hoping that it does wait until next year to come out because there's so many games coming out that are big games coming out at the end of this year. Not only did we get Watch Dogs Legion this past week, which I haven't even installed on my PS4 yet, um, we're also getting Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Call of Duty Cold War, 
this game, Cyberpunk, and we've already had massive games this year like Ghost of Tsushima and The Last of Us Part Two, games that take up a lot of time. Me personally, I haven't been able to play every game that I want to play. I get distracted or, you know, I, I just kind of go away from it for a little while and the days start ticking by and all of a sudden, oops, I haven't played Ghost of Tsushima since it came out. <laughs> That's unfortunately what happened to me. So I'm trying right now, I'm trying my hardest to get through at least either Last of Us Part Two, and, you know, and a few games on my PC before starting something like Assassin's Creed Valhalla or something like that when it comes out because I know that those games are going to be time-dumping games. And um, I know I just said that I have Watch Dogs Legion in, in the wings and I do want to install that, but I do want to finish like Last of Us Part Two before diving into that game 100%. Um... That's the game that I at least want to. I at least want to finish before the year's up. You know, um, Ghost of Tsushima. It's a good game. I just haven't really gotten into it personally, and I think it's because I don't have a pro PS4. I'm just not having the best experience with it. And of course, I like I said, I haven't really played it since like a week after the release date. So I'm kind of really backed up now. Anyways, we have to once again talk about the worst part of uh, Twitter, and that is people sending death threats to the developers of the game. It's not like they haven't been overworked and overclocked enough, right? They're working 100-hour work weeks, and they're putting in all this time at home and at the office to get this game done, and people decide it's in their best interest to send them a death threat. Amazing. Great work, gaming community. And you know it's just a niche group of people who, for whatever reason, find it in their stupid hearts to, um, to do this stuff. But... <sighs> It makes the rest of the gaming community look bad. And then you see these people come out and be like, mm, this is why I'm not into video games, because they make people angry. Look, just like what I said during The Last of Us Part 2 stuff, it's just a game. In the end, it's just a game. You will get the game eventually. There are still people waiting for Beyond Good and Evil 2. You know how long they've been waiting for that? Longer than Cyberpunk 2077. So shut up, accept it, and be excited still. What's wrong with you? Wait a few extra weeks? Oh no, can't do that. Can't do that, sir. I need to send I need to send a death threat right now. That's gonna make them work faster. No. So Andrew um Andres these guys have Swedish names, I'm sorry. He came out and said, I want to address one thing in regards to the cyberpunk delay. I understand you're feeling angry, disappointed, and want to voice your own your opinion about it. However, sending death threats to the developer is absolutely unacceptable and just wrong. We are people just like you. I'm sorry, they're Polish, I apologize, they're Polish. Um, they came out and said, despite going gold, the cyberpunk is not ready yet. You know, there's still more things to do in the game. If you, if you want a broken game to come out, you know, the, the, the day zero patch isn't good enough, right? And it comes out and it's broken. People are going to complain even more. So what's the, what's the point of, of putting these developers down for a game that everyone's really excited about? It's just beyond me. Um, so yeah, they, they confirmed that, um, you know, it's taking longer to develop because of the fact that they have to put the game on so many different consoles at the same time, um, in a, uh, 
a press release uh, from Adam Kaczynski. He said the game is ready for PC and runs great on the next-gen consoles and could be shipped on the scheduled date on those platforms. However, even though the game has been certified on the current gens by both Sony and Microsoft, some very final optimization processes for such a massive and complex game require a bit of additional time. Um... So, yeah, he can blame the current-gen consoles, I guess. Um, I do know for a fact that I'm going to be playing this on a current-gen console, PS4, the early PS4. We'll see if it even runs. Um, hopefully it will. I mean, obviously it will. I don't, I don't have... I, I have faith that it's going to run. If Death Stranding and Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima and etc., etc. can run on my console, the original PS4, I think I'll be okay with Cyberpunk, but you never know. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that was him talking to investors, um, and, uh, you know, it makes sense. It's, it's obviously going to be a lot harder to optimize this game for the worst hardware. Uh, with PC, I mean, PC, you just kind of need the right specs for it, but for last gen, for this gen console generation, it's really hard to, you know, downgrade some things. Alright, let's move on. PlayStation Plus, November 2020 Games have been announced, and guess what? There is a PS5 game in the mix. And what is that game? It's a motherfucking Bug Snacks. Um, so on the PS5 only, you'll be getting Bug Snacks for free with PlayStation Plus service. Uh, the other games that you're getting if you own a PS4 are Sh uh, Middle Earth, Shadow of War, and Hollow Knight Vo Void Heart Edition. So Middle Earth Shadow of War is okay. It's not as good as Shadow of Mordor. Um, it had a lot of controversy with the loot boxes, which they kind of fixed. The online mode is kind of lame, and the whole war part of it is kind of lame, but everything else around it is pretty good. Hollow Knight is a great uh, action-adventure game. It's like a Dark Souls 2D platformer. You know, it's and when I say that, it's actually true. Uh, it's a pretty tough game, uh, and the art style is beautiful. And if you haven't seen anything about it, I don't know how. <laughs> it's pretty popular. Uh, if you want to check that out, make sure you do. And then, of course, Bug Snacks is like the big, like, oh my god type moment because um, it's a brand new game. It's coming out on PS5 and PS4, and that is pretty crazy that they're they're giving it away for free. Um, does that mean that they don't have faith in the game? I don't think so. I think this is just a perk for the people who get the next console generation. Um, I'm personally going to be buying bug snacks on the PS4. You can't stop me. I, I see you there in the bushes. You can't stop me. Um, but, uh, I, that, that makes me happy that it'll be, you know, people will be getting it for free on the PlayStation 5. Um... A little disappointed that it's not going to be free on the PS4, or maybe it will be. Maybe there'll be a glitch. I don't know. But they they even quote them the quote Sony here saying PS4 version of Bug Snacks will not be up for grabs. PS5 only. But maybe there'll be a glitch on day one, and it'll be released. So make sure you check it out before uh, before that. Also, in other PlayStation Plus news. Destruction All-Stars, which was supposed to be a launch title for the PS5, will be free with PlayStation Plus, but it'll be free in February of 2021. The game has suffered a minor delay. Um, so, they're removing this game from the launch lineup, obviously. It's, it's going to be pushed back until February 2021. Um, 
this is allowing for you know Marvel's Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Demon Souls to be more of the focus. Um, but Sony came out, Pete Smith came out and explained, Destruction All-Stars is a multiplayer game that's at its best when you're competing with gamers online from all around the world. We want as many people as possible to experience the mayhem on PS5, and what better way to do that than to provide the game to our PlayStation Plus members. Uh, for those of you looking forward to more information about the game itself, you can expect an update immediately, imminently. He's, he's quote, the same guy is quoted as saying, Next week, we'll return with a brand new trailer and more details on the game, so you'll know exactly what to expect when you download it in February. Um, if you've already pre-ordered the game, you can, of course, get a full refund. This is actually kind of interesting because they've pushed the game back, and it might be because they don't have enough consoles getting out there that they want this game to have the best chance that it can, that they're going to release it later because more people are going to have the console by February. Um, obviously, as stock goes back up. Um, so if you don't have a PS5 yet and you're waiting to get one, but you're not going to get one until like January or February, you know, who knows, um, this is actually going to be a pretty good get uh, if, you, if you have the console by February because a lot of people are going to be playing it. And there's going to be a lot more consoles out there. So yeah, this is, this is another good thing. Now, they didn't they didn't go into detail as to why it was, you know, pushed back uh, so far. And I think that the main reason is because not as many people are going to be able to play it. So they want to push it back a little bit. But it's cool that it is going to be free uh, in February. So for PlayStation Plus users, I should say. In other PlayStation news, PlayStation Now, the Now service, has had a November update. And it's adding F... 1 2020 Injustice 2 My Time at Portia Warhammer Vermintide 2 Kingdom Come Deliverance and Rage 2 uh, to the service. Um, as you know, Bethesda was bought by, you guessed it, Microsoft. So maybe this was a pre existing contract or something that they were going to fulfill um, that Microsoft has, of course, fulfilled for them. Um, in addition to Kingdom Come, um, which will stick around till the 3rd of May 2021. You'll also be able to play all the games on the PlayStation Now service on the PlayStation 5 as well. <clears throat> um, I wasn't too impressed with Rage 2. I felt like it could be it could have been done a lot better. The open world is okay, but the story elements, the bosses, the just kind of, there was a lot of things that were just kind of sloppy about it. Um, if you're looking for a good open world apocalyptic game, just get Mad Max. Which is has you know has been on around since like 2014. Um, this one, it's got the action, it's got the got the gunplay and all that, but it was just kind of a letdown in my opinion. Um, Injustice 2 was okay. The loot box system fucks this game up so much, especially for trophy hunters. But for the most part, it's a good you know little fighting game. And the only other one that I've played in this list is Kingdom Come Deliverance. Which was kind of boring, but I guess it was designed that way, which doesn't give it a pass in my opinion. But, you know, it's free. You know, or not free, but you can, you, you know, if you have a PlayStation Now subscription, you can play it. Speaking of games that you can get with a subscription, we got a bunch of games coming to Game Pass in November. Coming soon to Game Pass for Android, console, and PC. Alright. So we have... Um, Carto, which is coming October 27th. Day of the Tentacle Remastered, coming October 29th. Five Nights at Freddy's, coming October 29th. Full Throttle Remastered, coming the same day. Grim Fandango Remastered, the same day. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, same day. 
Scourgebringer, same day. Unruly Heroes, same day. Celeste, coming November 5th. Comanche, coming November 5th. Deep Rock Galactic, November 5th. Each East Shade, coming November 5th. Knights and Bikes, November 5th. Ark Survival Evolved Explorers Edition, November 17th. And, um... Yeah, there's a bunch of other games that are available right now. Um, just to kind of note, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's 1 through 4 are available on console, Android, and PC. They're all available. Um, same thing with Unruly Heroes, Celeste, um, Deep Rock Galactic, East Shade, Explore, uh, Arc Explorers Edition. And those are the only ones that are, that are on all three, Android, console, and PC. Battle player knows grab battlegrounds scourge bringer um, those those two are exclusive to the Android which I think you can still I think they're available on the regular anyways and then console and PC is you'll be able to download Carto day of the tentacle full throttle grim fandango Knights and bikes and Comanche is the only game that's PC only in this list so if you're interested in any of those you know go ahead and download them when they come to the Xbox game pass in November all right, let's move on to some uh, PlayStation 5-ish news, right? So Demon Souls Remastered. Um, there's been a lot of new trailers for this, uh, showing off the new graphics and everything like that. But for the most part, the gameplay style has pretty much largely stayed the same. So the game is pretty much going to play almost exactly like the PlayStation 3 version. So people who are purists will um, be able to get that experience that they want. People who are new to the game will, of course, be greeted by something that is pretty difficult compared to the other Souls games. Um, so, in an interview with Polygon, Gavin Moore came out and said, people want to share their experiences, the tragedies of, oh my god, I died again, or your trials as you succeed with your friends. There are some other modes in there as well that I won't talk about. I will let fans find out for themselves, but we definitely want to see what people can use do to create I'm sorry, see what people create using photo mode. Oh my gosh. So photo mode is being included in Demon's Souls Remastered. And these this will actually have a filter for the PS3 game. He's quoted as saying, if you like the starkness and despair of the original version, then we have a bunch of filters that you can choose from and play the game that way. So if you like the PS3 aesthetics, guess what? You can play them with the PS3 graphics. Um, I don't know why you would, because the game looks fantastic, but I understand where, where people are coming from when they say, Ooh, you know, I, I love the old aesthetics, like Abe's, uh, Oddworld, Abe's whatever, when they remastered that, people thought that it was too bright and cheery. Um, I guess this one, it still kind of has that same feel to it, but I guess it's not as dark or something like that. I don't know. Uh, in more... Oh, I just closed it. Oh, man. All right, in more PS5 game news. Sackboy. I just opened it back up again. Give you the play-by-play. Sackboy, a big adventure, has cross-play co-op between PS5 and PS4. No one is getting left behind. So Sackboy, a big adventure, is one of the key games in Sony's PS5 launch title, and they made sure to make it so that you can play with your friends on the PS4 and on the PS5 if you need to. 
Thankfully, uh, this is a yes from the game studio, Sumo Digital. Uh, Ned Waterhouse confirmed that you'll be able to play with the co-op between PS4 and PS5 editions of the game. He's quoted as saying, we support PS4 and PS5 crossplay, so if your friends aren't upgrading, you can still play together. If you're worried about the state of the PS4 version, he says that the team is proud of what they achieved in both iterations. He's quoted as saying, I don't think players are going to be disappointed if they buy the PS4 version. He assured the people while pointing out that the PS5 version, of course, takes advantage of all the new bells and whistles. Um... So yeah, that's good to hear that uh, there's really not too much of a difference between the two two versions, and you can play together. Um, obviously, you can't use like the new trophy system and the hint system and all that when playing on the PS4. But uh, what you're gonna do? Also, ooh, burpee. Um, Days Gone has got a huge 25 gigabyte update ahead of the PS5 release. The patch notes include added operational stability improvements, addressed crashing issues, fixed the frame rate drop and lag issues, and performance and stability performance. This game desperately needed that frame rate fix and lag issue fix. Um, that was one of my main my main things about the game when it came out. Um, I'm glad that they're finally addressing that. Um, it seems like it's ready to go for the next generation, but I still think that this game is kind of weak in comparison to the other ps playstation exclusive games it has a good concept and i like the overall like open world and stuff like that but the story is very lackluster it's very predictable and on top of it all these zombies don't exactly work the way they were you know they did in the trailers which was really disappointing to me but if you want to it will be coming uh you know to that that playstation collection service um along with the last of us remaster and all those other games so there you go also, with more PS5 news for upgrades, God of War 2019, you will be getting 60 FPS support using the favor performance video option. You can also transfer your saves from the PS5 to the PS4. So there you go. Hmm. Um, the same feature will be available for God of War 3 Remastered, which is pretty cool too, but I think the 60 frames per second is going to be pretty sweaty swag for God of War. Um, I'm just, I'm waiting for them to say that you, that this is going to happen for Last of Us Part 2, because I tell you what, the one thing that really bums me out is the frame rate in that game, and I know that I'm the, the person who's like, oh, a few drops in frame rate isn't that bad. Well, it's a little bit bad when the game looks as good as it does. There was no word on whether the resolution will go beyond 1080p, though, um, but the 60 FPS is definitely something to, um, you know, lift your eyebrows at, because God of War is probably going to look pretty good in 60 FPS. Also, in next-gen news, NBA 2K21 will be adding female players for the PS5 version of the game. That's right, the WNBA... Uh, will be available to play in this game with the My Player mode. And as part of that mode, you'll be, which will be named the W, you'll be able to create your own WNBA Superstar, which is the Women's National Basketball Association. And you'll be able to take them all the way through a full pro career featuring all 12 real-world teams. You'll also be able to go head-to-head -head in the W Online featuring intense 3v3 My Player competitions. Um, there's a trailer for it now on Sony, on uh, PlayStation's YouTube channel if you want to. Um, Publisher 2K Sports has been teasing some changes to the aspects of the packaging as well, uh, which we'll probably learn about pretty soon. Um, 
so yeah, I think this is a good thing. I mean, I know a lot of people kind of joke about the WNBA, but I mean, it's a, it's a big league, and I think that this is a great way to include um, ge- different genders in in uh, in these sports games. Um, I mean, the WNBA is is big. Um, and I think that's about time that they included them in the uh, NBA games. But, uh, hey, you know, cool things, huh? I don't know what else to say about that. I'm not a huge fan of basketball. Um, also, PlayStation 5, uh, I'm sorry, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War will be in an exclusive mode on both PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. Uh, there's a trailer on the PlayStation website right now. Um, of course, this game is coming out in November of 2020. Uh, so this new mode will follow in the footsteps of survival mode, which remained exclusive to the PS4 for a year as part of Modern Warfare. It is a wave-based horde mode, and Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War will ship with a similar offering next month. And as you know, they're zombies instead of humans. Um, so it's kind of weird that this mode is going to be exclusive to PlayStation, even though... It's, like, not really that unique. (laughs) There will also be exclusive rewards to be handed out uh, to the best of the best as waves of zombies test your skills with the ever-increasing difficulty in the two-player co-op Miami, Seattle, and Crossroads maps will all feature this horde mode. You'll also be able to play with a party... I'm sorry, you'll, you'll also be... You can be sure those three will be part of Zombie Onslaught at the very least. Okay, whatever. That was a dumb thing to read there. Anyways, not really that unique of a mode. It's just zombies on a multiplayer map. Wowee. I'm so glad that this is exclusive. I don't think this should be exclusive. I mean, it's only going to be exclusive for a little while, I guess, maybe. But uh, it's like, come on. Come on. I don't know. Um, a lot of people are saying that this Call of Duty is going to be a downgrade from the last one. I kind of agree because the customization of the guns wasn't as in-depth in the beta. But, um, I still, I think that it's going to be, I think Call of Duty purists, people who like the old version, are going to be happy with this one. And I, I, I like the gameplay, I like the multiplayer from the little that I played, so I'm not like a, you know, I'm not like... I'm just, I'm not going to get it right away this year, okay? That's all I'm saying. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the Modern Warfare game from 2019, and wouldn't you know it, wouldn't you know it, I wasn't a huge fan of the multiplayer, and of course I wasn't a big, I wasn't a fan at all of the Spec Ops mode, and I didn't really play the Battle Royale mode because I wasn't interested in it, but... Um, Black Ops Cold War seems to have an okay campaign. Like I said during the, like, reveal trailer or whatever, it seems over the top, right? You know, there's a scene where the guy grabs hold of an enemy, shoots him in the head with, or stabs him in the head with a knife, or in the neck with a knife, and then shoots him with a pistol. It's like, it's just unneeded, honestly. I don't mind gore, but come on. Alright, the PlayStation Phone app has been redesigned for the new PS5 features. Um, PlayStation application for smart uh, for smartphones uh, on iOS and Android will receive a major overhaul that brings up the speed with the features of the PlayStation 5, introducing new features such as voice chat, native PlayStation Store integration, and a smoother all-around experience. These are all designed to enhance your time spent gaming across Sony's suite of home consoles. The PlayStation blog mentions that the first thing you'll see following the update is a sleek new look. They're quoted as saying, The new home screen lets you quickly see what your friends are playing and across and access details about your recently played games, including your trophy list. 
The they originally separate the originally separate PS message app has now been integrated into the application to create one cohesive experience, and you can even start a party chat and begin discussions with your friends from your own phone. And as usual, you can start downloading PlayStation 4 and 5 games from your device if your console is in sleep mode. Pretty cool. I'm glad that they finally axed the app for uh, the messaging system, even though I never really used it. It was just kind of like dumb, because <laughs> you had to have both of them to access some things on the app. But uh, the new version of the app looks kind of cool from what I saw, and uh, it definitely looks uh, futuristic. Alright, we got a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of Ubisoft news. Well, I guess not a bunch, but um, Ubisoft has outlined the benefits of playing Watch Dogs, Assassin's Creed, and more on the PS5. They came up and says that Watch. They came out and said in a blog post that Watch Dogs Legion, which will feature ray tracing on the forthcoming format, will leverage the Tempest 3D audio engine and bring London to life by hearing every passing car, talking pedestrian, or drone flying overhead. Load times will also be reduced, while the adaptive triggers will be uh, utilized to elevate high tension moments. In Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which won't have ray tracing but will run at 60 frames per second in 4K, there's no mention of adaptive tri triggers or haptic feedback in the DualSense, but there is a promise of Tempest 3D audio support and those fast loading times. Immortals Phoenix Rising, which has the same story, although that they are, appar they are apparently leveraging PlayStation's new pad, and other games on the horizon, including Far Cry 6 and Raiders Riders Republic, will each run at 60 frames per second and 4K on the PS5. So if you're looking to get the best version of the game, I guess they're saying, hey, go with the PS5 version, but the other, the you know, the other consoles will be okay. Um, but uh, I guess we'll see how that really is. Far Cry 6, though, has been delayed um, past April 2021, so it's going to be a uh, pretty long time before we get to it. Um, as part of the second quarter earnings call earlier to uh, the day that this was posted, Ubisoft delayed a number of its upcoming PlayStation 5 uh, titles due to the impact of COVID-19. Far Cry 6, which was uh, was originally expected to launch in February of 2021, will now be released in April and September of next year. The same goes for Rainbow Six Quarantine, which was never which never had a firm release date, but is now out of the launch window. Uh, meanwhile, Avatar, the Avatar game that's in development by Massive Entertainment, has been delayed uh, till next fiscal year, starting in April 2022. And work on Skull and Bones is said to be progressing very well, which is a quote from the chief financial officer. Um, but it's currently due in September 2021, as of right now, but you know that that's probably going to be changing. In other Ubisoft kind of related news, Assassin's Creed is getting a Netflix Netflix live action series. Uh, Netflix posted on Twitter uh, a Netflix plus Assassin's Creed thing, and they had like a little, you know, a, a logo for Assassin's Creed pop up. It was red, and wouldn't you know it, there was the Netflix logo in the middle. Oh my god. Hopefully this is better than the stupid movie that came, that came out. I will never forget the line that was muttered in that 100% perfect synchronization. Uh, no, don't do that shit. As I'm with a lot of people, don't put the real world stuff into this. If you do, you need to make it kind of like the Desmond story where things are happening in the real world that are connected to the past. Um, I liked the Assassin's Creed real world stuff all the way up until uh, Assassin's Creed 3 came out. And then after that, it's just kind of been downhill, extremely downhill from there. Um, <clears throat> right now, there's not much news on what the show is going to be about. 
Uh, people are, of course, expecting maybe a new time period, but also people are saying they could be doing um, something in Ezio's timeline. Of course, it's all kind of speculation right now. Speaking to Variety, Peter Friedlander, who is a part of Netflix, said the company is excited to partner with Ubisoft uh, from its breathtaking historical worlds and massive global appeal as one of the best-selling video game franchises of all time. We are committed to carefully crafting epic and thrilling entertainment based on the, this distinct IP and provide a deeper dive for fans and our members around the world to enjoy. Um, so this is, of course, added on to the Last of Us show that's supposed to be coming out and, of course, the Witcher series that already has come out on Netflix. This is just another game in the lineup of games that they are making into series. Um, I think this is I think this is a good idea. I, I hope that they put uh, more action into it than that movie that came out. That movie that came out a few years ago between Odyssey and Origins was just... Or was it Origins and Syndicate? Eh, whenever it was, it was bad. It was terrible. I never want to see that piece of crap again. Like, the ending was kind of cool, but in the end, it was, like, kind of... It was just really lame. Really, really lame. So, hopefully, this does better at adapting it to Netflix. Yes. All right, Nintendo has permanently reduced the price of the Joy-Con. Whoa. So, it came out uh, that the price drop was happening, in, and it will come to North America. But right now, in Japan, they've already reduced the prices from... $49.99 to $39.99, which will be starting November 9th in America. Um, and it's worth noting that $39.99 is exactly half the price of a full set. So buying two individuals is sadly not cheaper than buying a pair anymore. So they came out on Twitter said, and said, starting in 11.9, single Nintendo Switch Joy-Con controllers will be available for purchase for $40. Choose from left Joy-Con controller in neon blue or right from Joy-Con controller in neon red. So this really isn't anything too exciting, honestly, because it's just one single Joy-Con, and buying two of them single is not better than buying a double anyway, so why do you even need this? Maybe if one gets damaged or one has Joy-Con drift, they want you to buy another one. But if that's the case, they really should just give you one for free since it's a problem with their controller in general. Nintendo has come out and said that they are denying, once again, that the Joy-Con drift is even a thing. And as many, many, many people know, it is definitely a real thing. And they should definitely be fixing and or shipping out new controllers to people who are affected by it. Nintendo, you do so many good things. Why is this the one thing that you're backtracking on? Also, Nintendo dropped a Nintendo Direct Mini, uh, which had a good amount of things in there, including Control, which is the PS4 game and PC game, is coming to the Switch. And, of course, there's a catch. <laughs> there's always a catch. I believe it is because it's going to be a cloud version of the game, meaning that you will play the game when you have an, a Wi-Fi connection, so you'll have a bit of latency, kind of like how the Stadia is. Also, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity will have a free demo, which is available now to download. Uh, Hit Hitman 3 is coming to the Switch, uh, but you, of course, will be playing it with the cloud system, just like with Control. Bravely Default 2 will hit Nintendo Switch on, Feb on in February 2021. No More Heroes 1 and 2 are both available now on the Switch, and they've been ported over to the Switch to include the motion controls and stuff like that. And Mortals Phoenix Rising will be coming to the Switch in time for Christmas, which was just announced. Um, an exciting trailer for No More Heroes 3 has been revealed. Tropico 6 is going to launch on the, on the Switch of the first week of November. Part-time UFO, the latest Switch game from HAL Laboratory, it will be is available right now. And finally, Animal Crossing 
not sated f your life sim thirst oh sorry that's part of the title that's the stupid okay um <laughs> also story of seasons pioneers of olive town will arrive in march next year oh my gosh why they put this stupid tagline animal crossing not stage your life sim fuck off so I think the biggest news out of here is that No More Heroes 1 and 2 are both going to be available on the Switch today in uncensored forms. This is a game series that I've been wanting to play for a long time. It's over the top. It's crazy. And I've never gotten around the playing it, so I'm definitely going to be picking this up for Switch. And then um, No More Heroes 3 has been revealed. Um, they said it's going to be coming uh, 2021, but you'll be able to enjoy the first two games before then on the Switch. This was the big reveal. The trailer's pretty fun. Um, that was all they said about it, though, that's coming next year. So that's exciting. Um, and I think that, like I said, the biggest news is that, um, um, No More Heroes 3 is going to be coming to the, uh, it, it, I'm sorry, No More Heroes 1 and 2 is available on the Switch right now. Um, it also came out through some data mining that Resident Evil 3 Remastered may have a cloud version on its way. Once I get more confirmation on that, I'll do a full report on it. But right now, just know that's kind of in the ears. Uh, and Cyber, um, I'm sorry, Ghost Runner, not Cyberpunk, Ghost Runner is, uh, gonna be coming to the Switch, uh, but it's got delayed a bit. It's gonna be coming in November to the Switch. It's about, it's already out on all the other platforms, as you guys already heard me talk about. Um, but, accor but according to the, the, the publisher, All In Games, um, they decided to hold back the Switch version until the to-be-determined date in November. So there's not an official date right now, but they're just saying November. Um, so they came out and said the Nintendo Switch version faces a slight delay in, into November, as the Ghost Runners team want all players to have the best possible experience for the game. The final date will be announced in the coming days, so please stay tuned for more information. This may be a disappointment to some people, but November is not really that far away. At this point, it's a day away, um, and we'll see exactly what day it's going to be released. Of course, the developer will obviously come out and tell us. Um, and it's, it's, I mean, for how good this game looks, I don't know how the Switch version is going to look in play. But hopefully they can get it running to the best of the Switch's ability, which will be pretty cool to play it on the go. Um, but yeah, um, I think the port... Um, actually, I don't know. Hmm. I thought the port was going to be handled by another company, but it is being handled by All In Game, so um, never mind. And finally for today, The Mandalorian Season 2 is officially out and ready for you to watch right now on Disney+. Plus. And alongside that, there's game discounts and Squadron Star Wars Squadrons DLC, which is available to purchase. Uh, game discounts on Steam and all other platforms. There's a big Star Wars sale going on. And of course, Star Wars Squadrons is getting a few goodies. So, if you're not familiar with Star Wars Squadron... Squadrons, there's um, little things you can hang from your cockpit. Uh, there's little figurines you can put in your cockpit. And there's also holograms that you can have come up in your cockpit as well. Can I say it again? There will be the Hanging Flare, which is um, the Razor's Crest gunship that the Mandalorian flies. And you can also have the, uh, like the, the Ignat. What was it called? Ignat? from the the original first season that's the money that they they use the imperial credits da there's some dash floor dashboard flare so you're gonna be you can get the child and you can get the ig series assassin droid and then the holograms the bulrug and the bounty hunter um that is available as well um so yeah uh right now mandalorian season two is available i will be watching that eventually um right now i'm watching the boys 
So we're going to probably finish uh, at least season one before moving over to The Mandalorian. I'm excited. The first season of Mandalorian was everything a Star Wars fan wanted, and me included. Ten times better than anything Disney has put out in the actual movies, except for Rogue One, maybe. It's on the same level as that, or maybe even better than that. I don't know. But it's definitely better than... I mean, look, I've said this many times. The Disney movies, last uh, Solo, Last Jedi... Not last... Yeah, Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, three of the worst Star Wars properties out there. And that, and that, and I, I've, I've seen the holiday special, which is probably the worst thing. I'm not going to lie about that. But the Mandalorian is right there with the better Disney properties, with you know, Force Awakens, Mandalorian, and Rogue One. Um, can't deny that. And I think it's probably the top of the list because it's made, it's made by uh, Favreau, right? He's he's a Star Wars fan. He he gets it, and he do, he really does get it. Um, and the technology they put into this series is top notch. It looks really good. It the acting is incredible. The story is really good, and of course, people latched on to Baby Yoda. Everyone's got to have Baby Yoda. You know, they still call him the child. I'm sure he's not actually Yoda. You know, we'll see what he what, what he's all about. Maybe they'll explain that more in this season. I don't want to speculate. I'm just gonna watch the damn thing, right? Okie dokie, so that's it for this episode of Ferret64. I do appreciate you listening on any platform that you're currently listening on. Um, If you want to catch me live Monday, uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, those are my live streaming days. Twitch.tv slash Ferret. if you want to join me for those days. Sometimes, if you, sometimes I do not stream on those days, and I switch them around. If you want to be caught up to date with those types of things, join my Discord. Links are in all my live stream stuff, my YouTube stuff, anything like that. If you want to check out Film Freaks with a Z, new episode came out last weekend. Deadpool. We talked about Deadpool. <laughs> um... And a bunch of new videos are out on the channel, including the Luigi's Mansion 3 clip compilation and the Resident Evil 7 clip compilation. And on Monday, uh, there will be another clip compilation coming out for the October games that we streamed. So it's a lot right in a row, but uh, I gotta get some of this stuff out. And then, of course, the Fear It Month compilation will be coming out next week, or this week, technically, as well. Alright guys, I am Yummy the Ferret. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Ferret64, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye!